All right, let's go to this and get your papers out. We're going to fill these in. The Antichrist and the False Prophet. And we're going to answer some questions with this. There's a lot of information on this. I'm not going to be able to go in detail of this to cover both these. I could probably cover just one at one, one time, but I just want to get through these two, and I want you to see this, of course, as your notes say. And let's go to Revelation chapter 13, and let's read this. And Revelation chapter 13, verses 1 says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the same of blasphemy, the name of blasphemy. And the beast saw, which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet was as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death, and, and his deadly wound was healing, and all the world wondered after the beast. It's interesting that he does everything that, that God does. He sees that he, this, this man, this, he, he heals himself in front of everybody. And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast, who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and then and them that dwell in heaven. And it, and it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power, the power was given him over all the kindreds and tongues and nations. And all, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. You know, when you talk about this, I, I remember growing up, and when they talk about the Antichrist, there was always one, my, my era, there was always somebody that they always labeled as Antichrist. You remember who that was? Henry Kissinger. Um, do you know who Henry Kissinger is? I'm going to go to a younger generation. You have no idea who that is, all right? Um, she's probably, do you guys know who Henry Kissinger is? Heard the name, all right. All right, he was not. A, he was just a person, and, and they just labeled him this. And it was always, you know, he's. I heard preachers talk about him being the antichrist, and um, you got to do a little bit of research on who the antichrist is. And let's look at some of these things really quick. The word comes from two parts, of course, anti and Christ. The name does not render a denial of Christ's existence, but rather a total rejection of Christ's position and authority. See, he's not going to say that, that Christ didn't exist because everybody knows that. Everybody's heard the name. They know what Christmas is. But he is going to go after his position. And he is going to go, when you go after someone's position, you know what else you go after? You go after the authority. He's going to tell people that he has the authority and, and Christ did not have the authority. And what's interesting about this is he can't do anything that God won't allow him to do. He's got to do what God tells him to do. And so his name is mentioned in four verses of the Bible. I've heard people say the Antichrist is never in the Bible. It's found in the Bible four times. And it's found in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 18. And it says this, as you write 2.18, it says, Little children, it is the last time. It is in the last times, and as ye have heard, the Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. The next time it's found in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 3. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 3, and it says, And every spirit that confesseth not the, that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God, and this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. I see a typo. The number letter C should be 2 John 
Sorry about that. 2 John 1, 7 says this, For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is coming to the flesh. This is the deceiver and the antichrist. So you have 1 John 2, 18, 1 John 4, 3, 2 John 1, 7, and then you find him again in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 22. It says, Who is, who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is the Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. So that, that term is found in the Bible four times. Um, and, and so the person of the Antichrist, the Antichrist um, represents both a person and a system. And so you, you've got to understand that the Antichrist and the beast are so closely connected that they appear to many as to be one of the same person. And so let's, let's look at this, and I want you to see this. Um, and people have commented that I've heard people say not only Henry Kissinger, I've heard him say Bill Clinton. I've heard him say that. I've heard him say Obama was one of them. It's funny how they picked the Democrats to do it, but that's who they pick. And, and it's interesting as you look at this, the answers with these guys are no, that's not who the Antichrist is. You know, I don't agree with a lot of their, their who they are, but that, that, I'm not going to label them that. We've got to have some more sense than that. The person of the Antichrist, let's look at some things in here, and, and these are found in, and I'll give you the, the verses already in there. But he will exalt himself through worldly wisdom and riches. Worldly wisdom and riches. So in other words, he's going to come on the scene, and he's going to know how to answer everything. And he's going to have the money to do it. That's why I think when you study these people that believe that the gospel is a prosperity gospel, it's, they fit right into this. Riches don't mean you're doing what God wants. I know a lot of carnal people that have money. I mean, you, I could name some billionaires that, 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 that doesn't mean that God, God's blessed them for one reason, but I don't know what it is. It's not because of who they are and their wisdom. Um, so it says this, it says, he, he will exalt himself through worldly wisdom and riches. Number two, he will speak great things to the world. He's an orator. He'll, he'll be able to talk with them and, and people will just be amazed at what he can say and how he speaks and how he carries himself. That's found in Daniel chapter 7. Let's go to Daniel chapter 7 and see some of the things that Daniel says about him. Daniel chapter 7 and verse 7 and 8 says this, After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly, it had a great iron teeth. It devoured and break into pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. Verse number eight, I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn before whom there were three of the, of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were, were eyes like the eyes of man, and a mouth speaking great things. So here, you've got him, that he's got wisdom in the world, he's got the riches to back up so people will look at him and be in awe with it. And he also has, he has a good tongue, he can talk and he knows how to say, say things to him. And um, then if you go to Daniel chapter 8, flip over to Daniel chapter 8 and verse number 23, and you'll see this next one, see if you can figure out what this is. In verse 23, it says, And in the latter, latter time of their kingdom, when the, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding, dark sentences shall stand up. And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully and shall prosper and practice and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. 
And through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace shall destroy him. And it sure sounds like who he's motivated by. Who's the one that he's motivated by? Satan himself. Doesn't that sound like Satan? He starts getting puffed up and he, he thinks he's better than God and he leaves. But look what it says in verse number 25, I think 24, how it says this. And he shall destroy the mighty and the what? Holy people. So look at your next note. It says he will persecute true believers when he's on this earth. All right, so you've got, he will exalt himself through worldly wisdom and riches. He'll, do, he'll, say, he'll, he'll be able to speak great things. He, he'll persecute the believers. Look at the next one. He will institute his own religion by uniting what? All, what do you think this is? All churches. You've heard of the one world order, right? One world church? That's what he's going to do. He's going to unite all of them. I never understood when I was in... Henderson, Kentucky, if you went downtown, there was a very large Catholic church and then there was a very large Baptist church. And on Easter, I would have never believed it if I wouldn't have seen it. On Easter, they would, in, they would combine together and have an Easter service one year at the Baptist church. The next year, they'd have an Easter service at the Catholic church. You know any doctrinal issues that are, that, there's a lot of doctrinal issues right there. And, and as, as you look at it, you think, why, why would they do that? Because we think everything's okay to work with another church. You know, if you were to look at, a, if you were to look at other denominations, who's the closest to Baptists? It's not Catholic. You know who the closest denomination to, to Baptists would be? It would be Assembly of God, other than they're speaking in tongues. We've got to watch because these people will, will put, they'll add things to salvation like work salvation, baptism, Infant baptism, and they all go together. And what, what, what are we studying in here? Look at your first word on your paper. What is it? <coughs> doctrine. And they mix all these doctrines up. We've got to be very careful with this. This is what, and why do you think it's happening now? As you study this, it's just getting us ready for the, getting the world ready for this next step. Oh, there's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with that. We've got to be very careful with that. You know, I'm not, and, and then there's other, there's Baptists that I think are, are, are what my dad called when I was growing up, idiots. You know, there's some Baptists that get in your throat and say, you, know, you better do it this way. And, and, and I can tell you this, there's other churches that people get saved at, but that doesn't mean I'm going to go run around with them. We've got to be very careful with this. This is just setting up part of the end times and it's going to be an easier step for him to do. Don't you, th don't you agree? We see, it, we see it every day. You see this and the, you better know what you believe. You better understand what the doctrines are because the doctrines are the foundation of what this church stands on and what your salvation stands on. I don't have to do anything to get salvation other than accept who he is and what he's done. I don't have to work... I do work because of my salvation. I don't work to get my salvation. Everybody understand that? And there are people that do that. I'll never forget when we sat down with the lady that cut our hair 
a little Vietnamese lady, and she found out we were in a Baptist church out in California and asked us about it. So I went to, I went to a Catholic church when she, she said this. I went to a Catholic church when I was growing up, and, and my father, she said, my father died. So the priest came over and wanted to talk to her, and before he would offer the last rites on, her, on him, he wanted to check. They never gave him one, and Anne, he never did the last rites on her, on her father. That's a financial thing that they're trying to do. And don't think that's just one case that, that happens. It happens more than what you think. Some of these, and the Catholics are not the only ones, but purgatory is up, offered up there to kind of holding tank for everybody so we can get some money, do what we need to do, and do what we have to do. And this, it's not found in the Bible. So why would I want to hook up with these? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mean towards them. If I, met a, if I met a preacher, I'm not mean towards them. I made a mistake in my life. Well, it wasn't a mistake. I, I, I um, invited all the preachers that had kids in our school. And we had a lot of Bible-thumping preachers that would come, and there all, the, all the preachers came to the school, and I said, and I made the mistake, I said, Brother Burchard should have never done this. I said, if you're a preacher, please stand up. And they all stood up. And I acknowledged every one of them, even Linda. I was kind of Linda, but I don't agree that she should be a preacher. The best preacher I know is my wife, but her name's not Linda. But I wasn't going to be mean to her, and I wasn't going to be mean-spirited to her. She's just thought, she thinks wrong. And what she has to do is she has to take a portion of Scripture and just pull it out and say, okay, he really didn't mean that when Paul wrote that. And I am not a male chauvinist. You know, ladies can do, most of the people that I know that are spiritual are ladies. Right? Oh, how the times would have turned in my family. If my mom was still alive and my dad wasn't. I'm dealing with a father that's not as spiritual as my mother. That doesn't mean anything less of it, but I'm telling you, we got to look at this and say, what is the world trying to do? It's trying to set everything up. What's the world trying to do? It's trying to make right wrong and wrong right. We see it all the time. You know, I'll give you an example. I get on Fox News and I read about what Chick-fil-A did. But you got to read the rest of the story why they did what they did. Everything that they did was not bad. They got out of two organizations that the contract was over. All right? But they still support good organizations. Not everything that I would like, but they're not Baptist. They're a chicken sandwich place. I don't go over there and worship. Okay? Daniel and Kelly go to Popeye's and worship. I don't, all right? You had to be in our Sunday school class. But as you look at these things, we've got to see who we are. They're going to change. They're going to, they're going to go after this religion. Go to, go to Daniel chapter 9. And let's look at these verses. Daniel chapter 9, and verses 26 and 27. It says this, it says, and after, and after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself and the people of the prince that shall come to destroy the city and the sanctuary... And the end thereof shall be with the flood. And the end of the war, desola desolations are determined. And verse number 27 says this. It says, 
Um, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, and for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate even until the consummation that the determined that and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Now you can look at the other one, 36 through 45, and it talks about the church. He's going to make all these churches get together, including the church of Rome. And we know who that is. So he's going to put all these things together. And it says, when will the Antichrist appear? Now, there's, there's, I really want to go to point two, because point two, I think, is more important than point one. Because you'll see this. He will appear in the latter time. After the rapture. So when someone la labeled Henry Kissinger the an Antichrist, you're not going to know that till after the rapture. And so it says in this, go to number two, and there's some verses with that one, but verse number two is found in 2 Thessalonians. I mean, number two, the day of Christ shall be preceded by a departure, the rapture. Okay? His appearing is influence or presently restricted by the what? Holy Spirit. He can't do anything. And God's not going to reveal him till afterwards. He's not going to reveal him. Just think if God let, let him say who he was. Do you realize how chaotic it would be on this earth? We have enough Antichrist around here. But the true Antichrist is not going to reveal himself. God, God's not going to allow him to reveal that until um, after the rapture. So you've got um, in the latter times in Daniel chapter 8, verse 23, and then you've got um, he's restricted by the Holy Spirit. Um, let me read 2 Thessalonians for you. 2 Thessalonians 6.10 says, And now ye know that withhold, what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only by who now letteth it will let, until he is taken out of his way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, when the, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all the deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And then you say, well, who um, is going to be, where's the Antichrist going to come from? I want you to turn really quick. Go to Revelation chapter 17. I think we've already read this, but I want you to see one verse. Re Revelation chapter 17 and verse 15. Where's he going to come from? And there's speculation if he's Jew or Gentile. You know what he is? Well, let's read what Revelation chapter 17, verse 15 says. And he saith unto him, The waters which thou sawest were the horse, where the horse sitteth, the peoples and the multitudes and the nations and tongues. You know where he's going to come from? Come out of the water. I'm not going to have a birth certificate. He's going to come out and he's and then, of course, when you hear not a birth certificate, you think of somebody else. But here he's going to come, and, and as, you, as you look at this, he is, the Antichrist is an, is an ultimate evil, being whose origin is surely, where is he going to, he's going to come from the bottomless pit. He's, he's going to surely end there at the bottomless pit. We don't know who he is, and, and as we look at this, You've got to see everything that God wants you to see. Revelation chapter 17, 50. The Antichrist rise to power. 
How's he going to use this? He's going to use the harlot church to help him rise to power. And those are two chapters, Revelation chapter 17 and Revelation chapter 18. It's talking about the church. It uses the word Rome in there. And so he's going to rise up and he's going to get them and, and get them to... Not only is he going to come from a church, though, what else is he going to use? What is, what is pushing in the world right now? It's not really religion. What is it? It's politics. Politics is pushing everything. I mean, in America, we've gotten so politically correct, you can't say anything without being accusatory to somebody. And as you look at this, in, in the number two, it says he uses political platforms of world peace. Remember, he's, an, he's a, a great speaker. He's got this, as we go up to the first part, he's got this wisdom, worldly wisdom, and he's got money to back it up. People like people with money. Reading an article about the guy that testified today, they wanted you wanted to know who the, the the most prestigious person in the room is. If 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 he was in the room, it's the guy that he was talking to. He would single them out and he would talk to them because people like money. And here he's going to have all these different things going, and he's going to have political platform, and he's going to offer the world world peace. Because are they going to have peace at this time? When you rapture all the people that are righteous. Do you realize what it's going to do? Now think about this. In Noah's time, he was the one God found, Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord. He, he, was, he was the righteous person. I would say it's not as bad. We're, we've got a group of here, it, if God told you to do something, I think you'd do it. God told Noah to do it and he did it. He preached for over 100 years and not anybody got saved. It was a pretty wicked world right there. And God destroyed it through a flood. He promised He would not do that with the, with, the, with the rainbow, the covenant to man. But now He's coming to the end of the times and He's came on this earth, He's died on this earth, He's rose again from this earth. And everything that He said that would happen in this book has happened. We're just waiting for the, for the trumpet. And when we're, we're pulled out of it and then they're left on their own, they're going to need someone that's going to come in and say, everything's going to be okay. We're going to give you world peace. Everything's going to be great. And you know what? It's not going to be great. As you study this, it's interesting. Um, he uses a political platform for world, world peace. In rising, he must eliminate three world powers to gain power. Because at this point, everybody's trying to jostle to where they're going to be and say, okay, I'm going to be in charge. And he comes above them. He's a great speaker. And he talks him and he becomes, and he uses the church. And then he becomes in charge. And he has to wipe out three, three world powers to do this. And it's probably not the United States. Eventually, have another um, alliance rises up against him. If you look at the next point, it say, I'm sorry, in, in letter B, it says another alliance rises up against him, against the Antichrist, and he takes him out. But they all have one thing in common. They hate Israel. They hate the Jews. It's interesting when you look at World War I and World War II, how much... That was a fight over, a lot of it was over the Jewish people. The Germans had it all wrong. And my last name's Wagner. In German, that would be Wagner. 
But as we look at that, as we see how God was, Jesus died on the cross for everybody. He didn't just die for the Gentile. and He didn't just die for the Jew. And he loved the Jewish people. He was a Jew himself. But as you look at this, you know, this world is going to be turmoil after turmoil after turmoil. And, and, and as you look at this, this is causes him, as he has another alliance rise up against him, this is causes him to take direct control of Palestine. He'll move into Palestine. And he'll move his headquarters from Rome to where? Jerusalem. And then what's he going to try to do? He's going to do something that's going to make everybody mad. What's he going to do? Anybody know? He's going to do stuff with the tabernacle. And that's not going to go well with the Israelites. The extent of the Antichrist's power, as we look at this, his immediate power comes directly from Satan. Satan is the one. And you'll look at my last point and you'll see something that's very um, mirrored images of what Satan tries to do and who God is. The authority in these alliances is so absolute that he is able to change both laws and customs. Be very careful when people try to change laws. And we're seeing that in the United States everywhere. You know what? The more we go through this stuff that's on TV right now, you know what, what I'm more amazed at? It's over 200 years, we had some brilliant men that wrote some excellent letters. Constitu- you look at everything that they did, and you're amazed at what they said. Have you ever, you study this and go, oh, what's the Constitution? They knew, everybody knows what it is. They're just trying to switch it over. That's what they do with the Bible. See, something's going to have to happen in the United States, and we're destroying ourselves. And when I heard Brother Shirley give those illustrations on Sunday night about how, you know, well, I think it was like 75% of our poorest are the wealthiest in other countries. We don't know really what we have. And we go to these other countries and we see the desolate stuff and, and, and the, the, just the terrible things going on. We had a missionary that, that was a personal friend of ours. I think he went 10 years, is that right? He gave them 10 years. He went to Russia. He promised God that he would stay in Russia for 10 years. And he went there 10 years and he left. You know why he had to leave? It was too dark for him. The, the culture was too dark. The, the area was too dark. And he didn't want to lose his children by being there. I mean, he, we would go there and we would... One of the things we found out that he, he liked is one of the things they never had when he was over there was Kool-Aid. And we'd send them envelopes and just you can put a packet of Kool-Aid in there and they were, the kids thought that was amazing. Well, we got Kool-Aid. This water turns a different color and it tastes, tastes better. He told me, he said he would go into the grocery stores 10 years ago or 15 years ago when he was there and he said there would hardly, hardly be anything. I get upset when I go to Walmart. I want one particular brand. They don't have it. I like Hebrew National Hot Dogs. They were out of them. I'm not going to get one of those hot dogs that say they came from all parts of the chicken and stuff. I see a beak sticking out of there. I don't want to eat that. You know, you, you, we get mad, and they, they would go to the grocery store, and they'd have three or four canned goods that they could choose from. They would do that. We get, we're, we're here and now. California, what are they doing? Roll out blackouts. They do that all the time in, in Russia. How many times do you say they would, have, they would have to just shut everything down because everything, all the power would go out? 
We don't know exactly what we have. And this Antichrist is going to come in and he's going to try to destroy things. His power source has nothing to do with God. has everything to do with Satan and what God is doing is allowing Satan to do what's in this book. He won't be able to do anything else. And so he's going to do all these things. That's where the power comes from. His authority in these alliances is so absolute that he will be able to change both laws and customs. Daniel chapter 11, verse 36. Let's go to Daniel chapter 11, verse 36. It says this. It says, um, And the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt him and magnify himself above every god, and shall speak marvelous things against the gods, god of gods and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished. For that that, for that, that is determined shall be done. Go to um, the next one is um, Daniel chapter 7 and verse 25. Daniel chapter 7 verse 25 says this. It says, um, And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think, of change, change time, and to, and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. So he's going to be able to change laws and he's going to be able to change customs. If you look up um, 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 10 and Revelation 13, 3, the ability to perform miracles will be accepted by the world as divine. Isn't it funny how we... A, a miracle is not a magic act. Sometimes we equate the two together. You know, David Copperfield, the guy that, did, that made a bus vanish or an airplane vanish, that's not a miracle. That's magic, and, he, and it's probably by mirrors. I don't know. There's a big difference between a miracle, a God-functioning miracle, and a Satan-functioning miracle. Remember, he's going to get hurt, and he's going to heal himself. The ability to perform miracles will be accepted by the world as divine. And they'll look at him because they want something. That's what's sad. How many of you, ever, how many of you have ever had a conversation with a Jewish person that doesn't believe Jesus is God? I have. Because he didn't come the way they wanted it. And so now they're all coming in on the Jewish people, but people are looking for something. People are looking for something now in the United States. And the sad thing is, I think the Christians have dropped the ball on this because we're not acting any different than what they are. He wants us to be different. Now look at number four. Satan has long been known as a replicator of divine miracles in order to confuse. We know that by studying Moses, right? He replicated the first two. He replicated the snakes and he replicated the the blood and the frogs. Now remember, God only God allowed him to do that. I think it's funny though when one particular prophet calls down fire after it's been put down on, put buckets and barrels of water on it. God does it, but He won't let Baal do it. God knows what He needs to do, and so here you have this situation where He's He's a replicator. He tries to do everything that Satan does, that God does. And number five, after the Antichrist destroys his own harlot system, he introduces a type of idolatry. Guess who he wants people to worship? It's not Satan. It's himself. 
he gets these churches behind him and they're looking for a leader and he comes on the scene and then all of a sudden he is the one they want, he wants them to worship. And it's interesting that, that he does that because that's what Satan does. Satan wants people to worship him. He's setting himself as a, as a deity. He was accepted as deity by many in, in these verses in Daniel and in, in, in 2 Thessalonians it tells you that. But Israel turns against him when he commits the abomination of desolation to the rebuilt temple. Once he starts messing with the temple, that's when they will go after him. And that's when everybody will go after Israel. Um, so now you have, you have the Antichrist. Now you have the false prophet. The false prophet is the second beast coming in. Now, we, I can tell you where he's, what he is. In reference to um, what his, where he comes from, he is a Jew out of Palestine and he deals with religious affairs. He is a Jew out of Palestine. You, you know, no matter what um, the Israelites do, it's never good enough for the Palestinians. Don't kid yourself, they could give them the whole country of Israel and they still wouldn't be happy as long as an Israelite is alive. It is so common that these bombs are going off that we don't even hear about it. You have to look it up online. Have you realized how many rockets they've fired in lately? Has, has anybody ever heard? They've fired hundreds of them. I'm just so thankful that God protects them. Number two, he too is motivated by who? Satan. He's motivated by Satan. Watch the third one, uh, letter B. The false prophet compels people to worship the first beast. Pointing them back to the other one. And I really want you to get C because you see the mirrored image of what Satan tries to do and what God's done. We all know um, we have the Trinity. And who is it? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Watch who Satan has. He has the first one. It's called the dragon. He's a type of God. He has the beast. Type of Christ. And he has a false prophet. Now remember what the false prophet was. He's the one that's a religious one trying to get people to do to follow the first beast. And he typifies who? The Holy Spirit. He tries to duplicate everything. I remember growing up, I told my dad, I said, I want a pair of Adidas tennis shoes. You know, there's certain times when I knew I needed to ask my mom instead of my dad, and I asked my mom, I should ask my mom instead of my dad, and I asked my dad if I could get Adidas tennis shoes. Anybody know how many stripes an Adidas tennis shoe has? Three. Showed him a picture of what my Adidas tennis shoes look like. He came back with a shoe that looked just like it, but it had four stripes. As a teenager, I can count to four. And then I looked at the back of the shoe, it said tracks, T-R-A-X. I said, where'd you get these shoes at, Dad? He goes, Wall, uh, Kmart. You know you always got, do you remember this when you got Kmart shoes? Because you'd have to walk like this if you were stealing them because they were always tied together. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I remember 
taking those and going. They look, I mean, if you put them right up beside each other, they looked identical other than three stripes or four stripes. I took those shoes. I said, Dad, those will not, they, they will not make it. They're not built like the Adidas. He goes, oh, there's nothing wrong with that, son. Just take those shoes. I took those shoes, and I wore them hard practice. I mean, I ran, and by the time I got done with two practices, I had ripped out a couple seams. I took them back. I said, look, these shoes are not as good as the other ones. You know what? There's nothing better than the original. And Satan tries to replicate everything that God does. You never can. Aren't you thankful for what God's done for you? As I, as I look at this and I study this, this world at this time after the rapture is going to be devastated, famines, sores, all these things going on. But you know, let me tell you how I know we have a God that loves us. We're not going to be there. We're not going to be in this situation. He's going to take us out. and we're going to be, If you're a Christian, he's going to rapture us up. And we're never going to have to go through this. That's how much he loves us. And the other thing I can tell you that he loves is he, he loves the people that are down on this earth that have never heard the gospel because he's given them a second chance. And that second chance is going to be very more, a lot more difficult than what it is now. But how many times have you ever witnessed to somebody and they say, oh, I don't want to do it right now. It's not bad enough. Oh, I've got a lot, of time to, a lot of time to live. That's Satan's belief in everything. He just wants us to wait. So let's just thank the Lord for what he's done and thank the Lord that we don't have to worry about the false prophet. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have to worry about it. We don't have to worry about the dragon. We don't. And I am so thankful that we don't have to worry about the Antichrist. should motivate us to understand we need to tell people about it. When I, what I find out is very interesting about this book. It's the only book that can reference something in a different section and never mess it up in another section. In fact, when you find it referenced in the Old Testament, Daniel and Isaiah and some other, other, verses, other chapters you find, it actually exemplifies what's found in the New Testament, in the book of Revelation. That's what I'm thankful for about this book. You can't get better than this book. It's amazing how much it's a living word. And it's a history book. It's a math book. It's a science book. And bless God, it's our salvation book.